Good evening, Bards Nation. How are you doing tonight? This is Duncan from Kilted Christian. Scott wanted me to send you his love. Um, he decided to uh, take a little bit of a break. He has been nonstop since uh, for the last month, literally running around this entire country, doing events, speaking, and so forth. And he's exhausted, guys. Um, he had a 20-hour drive since last night. Had to pull over, I think he said three or four times, just to power nap because he just isn't feeling great. And is losing his voice. So we decided it was probably best for him to take a little bit of a break. So um, we will resume Bended Knee and Bards FM at the beginning of next week. And I will be running uh, Fishers of Men for the next couple of evenings. Because we, we both felt it important that we at least had one show. And uh, I'm grateful that he's given me the opportunity to do this, guys. So we could be here with you. And you guys have a place to hang out, chat, and so forth. This show is going to be a little bit shorter. I'm probably going to be 45 minutes to an hour long. I will not be doing music this evening because I've got to go back to work. And it's a funny story, guys, and I will share this with you now. I got home last night um, after the show that we did. I'm watching six dogs for some friends. One of them is a puppy. It's a big puppy. Um, Great Pyrenees. So you guys know how big those dogs get. So he's got a little puppy brain and a big puppy body. And he managed to get onto the bar counter. And I came home. And he ate my wallet, $500 that they paid me to watch these dogs, my bank card, my uh, press badge, and my ID. So uh, I will be taking care of that. But the good news is, in case you guys didn't know, if you ever end up ripping money or money gets destroyed, as long as you have um, at least half of that bill left over, you can, in fact, bring it to a federal bank. 
and they will uh, replace that money for you. Um, I learned this myself because I'm panicking and I looked it up online and on like multiple places, federal, and it is a thing, which is really good to know. And matter of fact, one of the things it talked about, you know, in case of fire, in case this or that, and literally the fifth one said, or in case your dog eats your money. So that was literally in the guidelines um, of what they said. And I tell you, I, I was a little bit upset at first, um, but fortunately God says, hey, you know what? We've got bigger problems and bigger things to worry about. That's just money. Fortunately, this is a, a problem that can be fixed easily. So, uh, oh, man, I love dogs, but uh, boy, that one, that one was just up. Uh, I wasn't expecting that when I got back, that's for sure. So I'm going to make sure that I get back as early as I can tonight just to make sure that the house isn't destroyed again. So as I was uh, talking to Scott, trying to figure out, you know, what are we, what am I going to do an episode on tonight? One thing, you know, I've been going through a lot of videos recently, and I'm sure many of you have seen them too, about all the violence that has just taken place in our urban cities. Um, mainly a lot of the children, a lot of violence within the schools, teachers are ignoring it. And this has really stood out to me. Um, the one thing that really broke my heart today that I saw, there was a, a, a black woman um, that had a couple of children herself. She's a hardworking mom, worked as a nurse many, many hours a day. And she believes in discipline, which I absolutely do too. Matter of fact, uh, disciplining our children um, in the long run is what makes them be upstanding citizens of this country and, you know, just good people in general. Well, her son got punished and she took away his telephone. And in, in his anger, he ripped the house apart, broke the windows and every window in the house, every mirror in the house, broke all the porcelain toilets. Like literally there wasn't a thing in that house that wasn't completely trashed and broken. And the mother was crying. My heart just broke because I understand what it's like, you know, being a, a parent. I mean, just, you know, I understand from what people tell me, you know, the, you know what it's like to be a parent in general, but then having to deal with this and, and your kids being indoctrinated and brainwashed in school. And it's just, it's horrifying. It's so sad to see this. And it makes you understand and realize how the devil goes after everyone and he goes after the children and he's going through, you know, our teachers and the teachers are indoctrinating our children. The children are indoctrinating each other. And we're in this, this downward spiral right now, you know, especially with our youth. And I just felt it important, you know, to let this be what we talked about tonight. So literally right before I drove home um, to do my show, I got a buddy of mine who sent me a link that just really kind of really broke my heart. Um, for those of you who don't know, one of the things that I do in my spare time um, around this season is I design and I build haunted houses. And I built, there was this one that was uh, 25 acres outside. Um, we have four different haunts on this one area of land. And I became really good close friends with the owner of this land, the one that runs the haunt. And he was just arrested for violating a 14 year old. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you that even people that you hang out with, people that you talk to, people that you think you know pretty well, there's always that, that darkness. There's always skeletons in some closets. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I don't care how close I am to you. I don't care how much I respect you. There's a line that you cross. And many things I can forgive. Many things are, that, that, you know, mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're, none of us are perfect. But there's one mistake that you make that I can't forgive you for. And that is trafficking, violating a child's innocence. And um, yeah, so I had to come across and accept that somebody that I thought I knew really well wasn't the person that I thought he was. 
Um, yeah. So this is where we are today, people. It's not just, you know, people that we don't know, strangers, the, the creepy looking people. It's those normal looking people with normal lives that were in the military that can be part of this, this evil too. And you never know because it's lurking around every single corner. So as I was collecting a couple of things, I've got a video that I'm going to play, a Pain's Angels video that I'm going to play um, in a little bit. But I came across another video, all right? And I've reached out to uh, MSM Liars, um, Livin, um, and I talked to Shemaine about it and multiple other people asking, you know, is this something that I should, should play, all right? So the video came from a guy named Antoine Tucker. Antoine Tucker lives in New York and he actually ran for office for Congress against AOC in this last election. He used to be a gangbanger. He was like really embedded in the gangs in New York and he found God and he found the love for his country. He woke up and started seeing what was going on and he left that lifestyle and he's committed his life and to try to wake people up. So the reason that I'm bringing this up, guys, is I'm going to give you a minute to decide if I should play this video or not. Now, understand that he is from New York. He's speaking to his people in the urban area, and there's a lot of cursing in this video. And normally, I would avoid playing um, videos that have a lot of curse words in them, but this is so powerful. It is so powerful speaking to the urban community and, and basically laying out some truth. Um, so I'm giving you guys the opportunity and I see a lot of you are saying to go ahead and play it. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you guys just to letting you know a little bit of a warning. There is some language in this. If you have children listening, um, you know, there's a lot of truth in this. It may be something that you are okay with. Um, other than that, walk your children out of the room. If you're listening to this show tomorrow when you're heading to work, um, maybe hold off until you drop your child off at school. But the video is very, very powerful. So now that I know that you guys are cool with it and I've got the thumbs up, I'm going to go ahead and play this video. This is brilliant. This is a guy named Antoine Tucker. Unbelievable video. You know, I want to say something. It's not normal for somebody to wake up and have it in their heart to want to go outside and harm somebody because you see that that person has something that they've worked hard for and acquired. I'm tired of black America using the excuse that the white man is the reason why you down and you out because it's bullshit. And I'm tired of the excuses that people leverage and throw out there because of what happened in the past and somehow today, in this day and age, you're some type of victim. PNB Rocks just was murdered. I, I don't know the young man. I don't. But I know that he was 30 years old and he was shot dead at a Waffle House because he had a bunch of jury on. And was no white man involved in that shit. There was no nefarious white guy who came out the blue and then went and shot that man and took his jewelry. No, it was somebody that looked just like P and B rocks. You guys keep blaming white people for shit. Every time I turn around about the violence in the community, well, riddle me to fuck this. <clears throat> now the whole world knows that this system is, a, is, is, is a all a lie. So now people starting to believe you. So now they're starting to believe that they've been putting shit and setting shit up to have you trapped. But why the fuck do you keep falling for it? It's what I don't understand. 
Why is it that you feel so inclined to go outside and harm somebody else that worked and bust their ass to get what they had because you wanted to be a lazy motherfucker? There is absolutely no excuse for, for, for black men and women that go outside and indiscriminately harm each other because of material shit that if you yourself worked for, you can get on your own. They don't make change just for one person. They don't make watches just for one person. They don't make purses just for one person. They don't make cars just for one person. So what excuse do you keep using to give to yourself to say, I can go rob and steal from people who are poor just like me? Because if the system is fucking you, what do you think it's doing to them? You think because somebody has something nice, they're still not fighting the same system that you deal with every single day? You think somehow they're absolved from the system? No, they're not. The problem is you're poisoned and you keep hiding behind the mask of what the man did in the past and and what's going on in the present. But you're not taking responsibility for you deciding to go out there, take arms against people who are innocent and harm them in order to take what they themselves worked hard for. You're about the lowest pieces of shit that anyone could ever set their sights on. And my only prayer is that before the black community wake up and start to move more towards the truth and being and being a constitutionalist, that first and foremost, they deal with motherfuckers like you that are running through the community, that are raping and robbing and pillaging, that are making it unsafe for the elderly women to walk through the communities, that make it unsafe for little kids to walk home from school because you just can't stop dealing drugs and shooting your guns outside. See, I hope that God, the first thing we do is get rid of your asses. I'm tired of sitting there and saying, because the, the, the problem, and we know where it stems from. No, we know it. We know that the Illuminati is there. The whole world know it now. So now what the fuck is your excuse to continue to go outside and kill off your own kind? Because you pussy. Because the people that are really oppressing you, you don't want to go harm them. You don't want to go bother them. You want to bother the same people that's being picked on just like you. You the worst motherfuckers ever created in history. And I'm going to keep this live up here. And I hope that God, somebody got something to say about it. So when you see me, you can tell me how you feel. And I hope that you, I hope that you want to show me in a way that I really hope you want to show me in. Because I pray in everything that I got in me, I run across one of you motherfuckers out here that like to do shit like that to people so I can show you exactly what you're supposed to be getting in return. Because not everybody's going to let you make them a victim either. You're fucking poison. You point fingers at everyone else but yourself. Won't you go stand in the mirror? So the reason why these women are running around here so fucking masculine is because there aren't men standing up. Because what are the men doing? They're outside killing off each other. This is the worst case of bitch ass shit that I've ever seen in my entire life. You so envious you want to go kill that man? Won't you go ask him for a job? Won't you humble yourself and ask him how did he acquire what he got so you can learn how to sustain it? Because if you think by going outside and killing people off, you if you think that's going to, no, you're going to, you're going to die. And it could get even worse than that. People will harm your family. There is nothing glorious about having to hide your head and look over your shoulder because instead of going outside and working and being known to work for what you have, for being known for being successful and bringing opportunities to people. The only thing you're known for is thievery. Fuckers. Make me sick.
Stop sitting there talking about black this, black that, black this, black that. If you really feel that way, when you see one of these dudes running around in your community, won't you start snatching them up? You're not kings. You're less than peasants. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm not seeing kings. I'm not seeing kings raise kings and queens. I'm seeing savages. People with no disregards for themselves, their family members, where they live or where they come from. They have no honor. That's what I see. So once again, I apologize for the language. <clears throat> However, in this case, the message outweighs the language. He's speaking to his community. He's from, he is a real person who lives in New York. He grew, um, he spent most of his life as a gangbanger. He spent his life on the wrong side and he woke up. He realized what was going on. Not only did he wake up to what was happening in his own area, in his own city, but he woke up to even talking about the Illuminati and, and the New World Order and the evil elites. And once again, his name is Antoine Tucker. I'm also known as Montega. That's his rap name. You guys can find him on Twitter and multiple other platforms. Guys, if you can handle the language, it is absolutely worth the follow. Um, I've gotten a chance to talk to him on multiple occasions. Actually, I made a video about him um, specifically because he inspired me so much because it just showed me that we're waking up. And once again, this isn't about black. This isn't about white. This isn't about anything. This is about being God's children. And once he found God, he woke up. And like I said, guys, he's talking to his people in his own community in the way that they speak and understand. And he's as real as it can possibly get. And I'm one of those people, you know, language never bothers me. It's just to me, it's just a, a way to express. And at this point, guys, I know there's many days we want to wake up and start throwing rocks at people, you know, so the occasional curse word is just a good way to vent and you know, I've always been, a, you know, I've always watched my mouth. I've always been one of those people. And I tell you, I think I've dropped more curse words in the last couple of years since Biden became president than I ever have in my entire life because this is crazy. So, um, Livin, if you were here with us, um, you can go to uh, my Twitter page um, and it's in the liked area. So if you go to the area that, that has likes, um, if you want to copy and paste this video into the Kilted Christian Telegram I would be very, very grateful. And then you guys can um, go to that telegram, um, to Kelty Christian Kel Telegram. Um, this link will be up there in a couple of minutes. And then you can follow back and follow Antoine Tucker. Guys, I promise you it's worth it. This guy loves America. He loves God. He loves his community. And he's one of the people that has actually woken up enough to try to stand up and change things. We can't sit back and watch this anymore. This is about our children. And this is what this episode is going to be about tonight. I've seen more videos in just the last couple of weeks of just some of the most horrific violence. And I don't know what's worse, the violence itself or the kids that stand around and do nothing. It makes me want to cry. Um, pulling out their, their phones and, and filming it instead of intervening. And I understand when you're in a situation where you're facing something like that, you don't know. You don't know what you would do. I could say that that one thing for sure, I'm not going to stand around and watch somebody get beat up that doesn't deserve it. At the very least, I'm going to jump on top of them and I'm going to take those hits and try to shield them from those hits. And I know that all of you are the same exact way. 
we can't stand for this anymore. We need to save our children. And at the very least, we need to start, stop being afraid and start intervening in these things. Too many people stand around and watch this, these horrific things of violence. And it's gotten so bad. We've always had a sense of violence in our country. It's always there. It's part of mankind, I guess. The problem, it has gotten a whole lot worse over the last couple of years. It's gotten just unbelievable. How many days do you go through where you don't hear about some incident that took place in schools where either a teacher's getting beat up or a child's getting beat up by a bunch of bullies, people standing around and watching, the teachers don't do anything, and what do they do? What's their ultimate punishment? These kids may see a day or two, a day or two of suspension. They've lost all respect for humankind. They've lost respect for just people in general, and it is so sad to see because you know what? If you have a problem with each other, it can always be settled with a nice little argument or, or at very least a fair fight. You know what I'm saying? Like we, even when we grew up guys, we saw fights that happened in school, but what would happen is once somebody started getting overrun and they, they were definitely losing, the people would jump in and break the fight up. They're like, okay, guys, it's over. And back in my day, I got into a couple of scraps back in school and this is the thing. I got into a fight with someone and we ended up being better friends after the fight than we were before. Today, it's not like that. It's just violence moving on to violence, moving on to violence. And these kids don't get punished. They get, like I said, a couple of days suspension. Maybe, maybe they get detention, but they need jail time because, you know, you think that you're doing these kids a favor. Like, okay, listen, they're young, they're inexperienced. We can't throw them in jail, but guess what's going to happen? These kids are going to end up doing it down the road when they're adults and they're going to end up in prison for the rest of their darn lives. You know what I'm saying? So the very least you can do right now is put them through the court system, scare the crap out of them, let them get arrested. It's okay. Let them serve some time in juvie hall. Let them understand what consequences are. And part of the reason that we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now, because there are no more consequences. You know, I grew up in a time where I would get punished every day at school because I couldn't stop talking. That was my big thing. Go figure, guys. I do a podcast now where I get to talk all night. Um, but I got, I had detention, detention, detention. Um, and then back then I could get, I got paddled, you know, with, with what they called the board of education. I'll never forget it. It was this big paddle that had holes in it. So it was more aerodynamic and can just hit you a little bit harder, a little bit faster. They don't do this anymore, but you know what? Having been punished in school, having had those detentions because I was just talking, like if I was, if we were fighting, we would get expelled back in the day. Or even worse, I would have to come home and meet my father. You guys remember those days where where it was okay to get a, a little spanking? There's a difference in a, a minor punishment than there is in beating your children. Discipline is what makes us better people in the long run. Even God said, don't spare the rod, you know? It's understandable. Kids need to understand consequences. And my dad wasn't the type of guy that beat me. No, no, no. My dad spanked me a couple of times. And eventually all he had to do was pull that paddle out or pull the belt out. And I knew, I knew what was behind that belt. And half the time he didn't end up spanking me because he understood that once you get that discipline, the object of that discipline becomes the discipline. You're like, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. I won't do it again. He even took me out one time and taught me how to make power tools, use power tools while I built my own paddle. Okay. So he utilized the time to teach me something that I needed to know while also building my own um, discipline device. 
you know, and, and like I said, is I learned to love and respect not only my father, but my, my, my people that I went to school with and my teachers, because I understood what consequences were. And now if you look at a kid funny, if you yell at them or you call your kid a name, they end up in jail. And then your kids end up getting taken by CPS. And they say that you're beating your child only because it's minor discipline. And if that discipline was still here, it would be a different world. If the fathers were still part of their families, it would be a different world. And this is what we need to fix, guys. This is it's the destruction of the nuclear family, which I talked about a little bit last night. And that destruction of the nuclear family, once the father's gone, the mother, I'm not saying the mother can't be the best mother in the entire world. But the mother can't do everything. She can't always be there. And just having that 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 family, even even if the even if divorce happens, which happened when I was younger, my parents got divorced. But I still had my father and my mother in my life, and I still had the discipline. My dad would would yell at me when I did something wrong, and I absolutely deserved it. You know, I was I was a little I wasn't a bad kid. I was just a rabble rouser. I was the kind of kid that. Uh, it took forever to learn how to walk, but the moment I learned how to walk, I also learned how to climb up the refrigerator. You know, we're all like that. It's called growing up. It's called, you know, learning how to become an adult and understanding and accepting that, that life consequences is part of that life. We didn't come from a world where everybody got a participation trophy. No, 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 no. We had a world where if I didn't do my job on the soccer field, if I wasn't the best goalie that I could be, I would watch somebody else get the award that I wanted. And did I get bummed out about it? Absolutely. But what did I do? I spent that summertime learning how to play soccer better, how to be a better goalie so that I could earn my trophy when it came down to it. But today, kids get everything. Everyone feels like they're the winner. And you know what? Losing in life is part of growing up. Losing in life is part of understanding how to be a better person and how to do things better. There's a valuable lesson in losing. And that has just been removed completely. And now what do we have? We've got children six years old that think they know that they want to be the opposite gender that they were born. And it's not the children. Kids don't care about anything but G.I. Joe toys, My Little Ponies, or whatever the kids play with today. That's what they care about. They don't care about what gender they are. I had a sister that grew up um, with two girls in a neighborhood and 10 boys. And both of those girls were very tomboy. They would play capture the flag with us at night. They would play football. They would go surfing with us. They would do all that stuff. But did we think that they wanted to be men? No, 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 no. We just thought that they were enjoying the surroundings that they were put into. But then eventually they got into middle school. They started wearing dresses. They started putting on that makeup and they were girls all along. And, you know, this is where we are right now is, you know, a little boy runs around, you know, a four-year-old boy puts on a tutu while he's in daycare and he's just playing. There's nothing more. He doesn't care that it's a tutu. It's called dress up. They're just having fun and playing. And I told someone the other day when they were talking about my, my boy wants to wear dresses. I'm like, you know what? Put a damn kilt on your boy and let him be a man still, you know, don't change your kid's gender. You know, if they want to make that decision when they're 18 years old, go for it. You're an adult. But if you hand a six-year-old a bag of cookies, they're going to eat that bag of cookies until they get sick. And then they're going to probably try to eat more cookies. You know, there's a reason we don't let kids drink. There's a reason that we don't let kids vote. They're not ready for it. You know, they can't make these decisions. And they certainly can't make the decision to be a different gender. 
And it's even worse is that there's doctors that are pushing this. There's teachers that are pushing this. And it all goes down to the lower levels of our voting system. Then we always thought that the big thing, the important thing was our federal. But the important thing is local level. And we've got to start local level and get rid of all of this tyranny because it all starts with our children. We've got to fix this world. And if our children are growing up lost, if our children are growing up indoctrinated, the, the, the deep state, the new world order, they get exactly what they want. They get a bunch of compliant, confused, and indoctrinated children, and their job's a whole lot easier, which is why it's important for us to start with the children, protect our adults, protect our elders, and protect our children. This is where it all starts. So I've got a video um, that I made a while back, actually, and, and it's just, it's amazing because this I made this. I want to say back in 2017 or 2018, and this is before um, the world got as crazy it is today. But what I wrote, what I made this video about is exactly what's going on today. This one's called Beyond the Mind's Eye. It's nine minutes. Without question, I feel that this may be the most important subject I will ever address. I first must confess that I am speaking from my love for God and his creations, but not from any experience of being a father myself. I do have a niece, which I love as my own. I have three nephews that would make any virtuous family proud. And there is not a thing in the world that I would not do to better their lives. The love I have for them is unconditional, and yet it in no way measures to the love of a mother and a father. I understand we may have different beliefs and religions with many noble and caring people, but I am sure we can all agree with Luke 17, 2 in the Christian Bible, in which the Lord states, it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause the little ones to stumble. Our children are the future, our hope, and will always be a reflection of the environments in which we raise them. Their growth can either excel or be burdened by the situations we place them. There was a time where we still had strong unity of family, a time where the mother stayed at home and raised the children while the father worked to supply his family with the essentials. This was merely the evolution of our duties as hunters and gatherers, a time where the mothers were valued for the care that they took of their family and the father was respected for his commitment in making sure that his family was housed and fed. But just like a frog in water set to a slow boil, our ways of life had been manipulated so gradually we didn't notice the change until the water had already started boiling. How do you destroy a society without the people noticing? You start by destroying the family itself, creating an illusion of inequality between man and woman. Disguised in this division is a feminist movement which empowered women into the workplace while de-emphasizing the real empowerment of motherhood and raising a family. Once this has been achieved, you raise the cost of living so that the rest of the women are forced to follow. Subsequently, the mother and the father are forced to work at separate times in order to secure their families, leading to higher infidelity and divorce rates, or sending their children to caretakers who end up raising their children. Next, you interrupt the educational system by removing technical classes like home education and auto mechanics, while devaluing the importance of those technical skills and reinforcing social perceptions that higher academia is the way to succeed. Then slowly over time, changing the educational curriculum, editing what we learn about our history until our schools are infiltrated by the very specific ideals and lessons, which are now less about facts and more about contrived ideologies. No longer allowing children to develop opinions for themselves, 
but rather influencing them with misinformation, fear-based emotion, and inability to confront debate passively. Once again, indoctrinating young minds in unwarranted division. Between the youth and the elders, religion against religion, and reinforcing the dogma that we should be ashamed of who we were born until we feel humiliated and responsible for the sins of our fathers. Finally, they scare our kids using the threat of social acceptance while reinforcing movements like LGBTQ, gender reassignment, and pro-choice abortion. All movements which perpetuate the genocide of God's natural born children. I mean no offense to anyone as I love you for your heart and kindness. However, natural order dictates a man cannot have a child without a woman, like a wolf cannot procreate with a tiger. Yet out of all the deceptive manipulative tactics used to circumvent the masses, the most diabolical was achieved without most people even being aware it is happening at all. A tactic that we even willingly enthusiastically subject ourselves to, which is the industry of entertainment. The first and most obvious is the media and journalism, a controlled source of information owned by three corporations, dictated by a few elites operating in their best interests, not ours. The best and most recent example is perception the mainstream media manufactured about our president. Most people that hate Trump do so because they perceive him as a crook and a deceiver, which has been repeated so much it becomes a reality in some minds without even meeting him personally. Same as racism. You hear about cultural division and racism so much that you start seeing something on a large scale that does not exist. Stop and ask yourself, how many racist people have you ever met? Without even knowing you, I can say it is less than 1% of the people that you have encountered in your lifetime, which hardly constitutes a world as being racist. It was only manufactured to create division and keep us busy fighting amongst ourselves rather than waging war against the real threat. The second is music. We had jokes about hidden messages when you played tracks backwards in my days. The reality is, the conditioning happens while playing the songs as they were composed. And in addition to the visual content accompanying today's music, your subconscious is being influenced and most people are completely oblivious. This starts as early as childhood. Think about the meaning of London Bridge and listen closely to the words of Rockabye Baby. Another is athletics. The common denominator between sports, film, and music is the star power and the influence these individuals have on the spectators. They are made to seem larger than life, the hero that you want to grow up to be. We mimic their actions, their personalities, and even purchase products based on the manufactured prestige. However, without a doubt, the most effective and subliminal method of mind control is produced in visual entertainment. From primetime television, commercial advertising, cartoons, and cinema, we are not only being leveraged by star power, but we are being manipulated with sound, color, camera speeds, lens use, down to the mise-en-scene, symbolism, and the script content. While in college for cinematography, I really got a grasp of how these elements were used to influence us both emotionally and psychologically. Many of these techniques are far more influential than the simple subliminal message slipping in a single image within a 24 frame per second sequence. As well, within film history, I realized how much control the government had over the silver screen. It is apparent during the naming of names and blackballing of pro-communists from Hollywood, a little ironic by today's standards, I might add. However, you really get clarity once you start noticing that the items such as extension cords were called stingers, clothespins were referred to as R100s, tripods were sticks, and film was called stock, and on and on and on. All to fool the people into thinking our tax dollars were buying ammunition and military equipment as opposed to funding propaganda for the big screen. 
but hands down, the most difficult to discern and most deceptive influential form of mind control is children's programming and predictive programming, which is designed to evoke specific emotions which triggers are most often hidden beneath the surface of the content we think we are viewing. A child is born with instinct, where logic does not begin to develop until about five years of age. Even as adults, emotion is one of the easiest psychological triggers, being that emotion is one of the few instincts we never lose. During the first 10 years of life, a child will absorb more information than it will the rest of its life. This is the time where they learn all the things that we will eventually take for granted. Instincts become consumed by logic, or at least what we are taught is logical. During these developmental years, children are targeted with these types of subconscious programming. The definition of programming is the art and science of translating a set of ideas into a program, a list of instructions a computer can follow. Ever wonder why TV shows are called programs? From the subtle introduction of homosexuality of Bert and Ernie, the early indoctrination of witchcraft in most Disney fairy tales, to the truth that is written in almost every childhood story, we have systematically been counter-educated since the day we were born. I only see this now because like any film major, we can no longer watch a movie as entertainment. When most see the movie in its entirety, I see clips, sequences, transitions, camera movements, and sound scores. Where you see a scene, I see juxtaposed clips and all the elements that comprise the scene. This programming has been around in some form for as long as we've inhabited this earth. Technology just puts it in everyone's reach. Once more, I can only speak as an observer, but what I see our kids having to face scares me to no end. But this observer would give his life to protect any child, and I know many of you feel exactly the same, whether you are a parent or not. So it is time that we do everything to bring back the strength of a family, ensuring our children a safe and a virtuous future. We need to be the educators and stop letting the government educate our kids. We need to stop being afraid to discipline our children so that they can understand right from wrong. Show them that integrity is more important than popularity and teach through love rather than through fear. Be involved in every part of our child's life so that you can become their hero and keep them from falling into the idolatry of our maledict programming. The Heavenly Father asks that the stars bow down to Him and has warned the dangers of man bowing down to the stars. For God wants us to look up and admire the heavens, which is why the devil has designed everything to keep us looking down. So I made this film. Um, right about 2017 or 2018 and it's not any i mean it is more true today than when i ended up making this and the ending of this to me is is one of the things that you know i I just noticed the most is that god wants us to look up and the devil has created everything to keep us looking down whether it be our ipads our phones our computers we're all looking down we're not looking up and we need to be looking up into the heavens and, and, and embracing God and Christ and everything and the love that, that is brought to us by that. But instead, you know, um, we're all getting consumed in this, this world of technology. And many of you, just like myself, we grew up in a time where, you know, if we needed to use the phone, we'd have to go to a phone that was on the side of the street or we had to go home and use the phone. We didn't have these little things in our pockets that are running around. Matter of fact, everything that is in your phone used to take an entire vehicle to fill up a computer, a radio, um, video, VCR, like everything that our phone has. Like I said, used to fill up my entire car. I didn't get a phone until I think about nine years ago. So I was way behind. 
And, uh, you know, and I'm just as bad as, as everyone else, you know, cause I use it to collect information. Um, I'm constantly using this phone just to see what's going on in this world. But the children are in a way worse situation because when I was in school, just like you, if I was to bring a calculator into my class, I'd probably get detention. But today you can use your phone in your classroom or a computer and, and you've got access to basically all the information you need. So instead of learning, you're just pulling it from one place to another. So our kids are being counter educated from the moment that they're born. And that's one thing, you know, that we often forget is that, you know, we take so much for granted, you know, all the things that a child learns between one years of age and 10 years is more than we learn the rest of our lives. Kids brains are little sponges. They learn how to talk, walk, do mathematics, learn their letters, read, Guys, we've forgotten this. We, like I said, we take it for granted because we've been doing this for so long. But now, what do you have? You've got children that are in school that are being completely indoctrinated. They're not getting the mathematics, the, the reading, the English. They're not getting that education anymore. I don't even know if they teach civics in school anymore. They're removing all of this because somewhere up the line, those elites are deciding what remains in the books that we read. And eventually they remove it. Tam, yes, no cursive writing. Think about this. The kids can't even read our constitution because they don't know how to write or read cursive writing, which is something that we learned at a very young age. I think I was in first or second grade when we learned this. But they're focusing more on social issues, on, on social disorder. And they're brainwashing our kids and they're focusing more on, on this kind of stuff. LGBTQ. You know what? I, we had a sex education class and it wasn't a full class. It was like literally one class. We did it one day. It wasn't like a full semester or a term. It was like one class and it was basic stuff. You know how to be responsible. Um, but, but other than that, this is something that your parents need to be teaching you. Certainly not a teacher. Because teachers push their values. And you know what teachers they hire anymore? They certainly don't hire many conservative teachers anymore. They go straight for these crackpot liberals, these crazies that are that are literally brainwashing our children. And it's it's a sad state of affairs. It's absolutely scary, which is why it's so important, um, you know, to homeschool your children. And I had an episode on Killed to Christian a while back. Um you know, dealing with this particular situation while homeschooling. And eventually we're going to have our very own Punky Puster um, on, on the show to once again further expand on the importance of keeping your children at home. They try to teach, they try to convince us that you have to go to school in order to have enough smarts to teach your kids. But that's not true. We all know how to count. We all know how to do basic math. We all know how to, to speak and read. And these are things that it's easy for us to, to teach our children. You know, it's not a hard deal. Matter of fact, the things that I wouldn't be able to teach my child, which would be like, you know, higher math because I'm terrible in math. But you know how many times in my lifetime I've ever had to use that higher math, like trigonometry or any of that stuff? Never, unless you're in a specific field. So we have the capabilities to teach our children absolutely everything that they need to know. And if we don't know, guess what, guys? We can go to our local community college and we can take a class on trigonometry or something like that. You know, and then Lens, thank you. The Bible, they don't teach this in school anymore. Matter of fact, they have removed Christianity and patriotism from the classroom. Guys, do you remember when we were in school, back when we were younger, 
Most often, we would begin our day in prayer, and then right after prayer, we would stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance, respecting and loving our country. We were taught that in our generation. Now, what's trigonometry exactly? And you're never going to need it. Um, But we're at the point now where we need to start embracing our children again, teaching them the Bible, making them, even at our own home, stand up and do the pledge in the morning. You know, respect and love your country because this country is the best country in the world. And I'm speaking from someone from another country. Guys, you would ask me five years ago, Duncan, what's your origin? Where are you from? I would have said, I am a proud Scot. Ask me that same question today. My question, my answer is I am an American and I love being American because there's no country in the world that's like America. And there's, you know, one of the beautiful things about America is the fact is that we can embrace our religion. Well, we used to could before they ripped up and burned our constitution and chunked it into the garbage can, which is basically what they've done. We've got a corrupt government. We've got a corrupt country, which is why it's our responsibility to maintain the education and the importance of the important things to learn, which is our religion, which is our love for country. These are really important things because this is the kind of stuff that gives us values and integrity. Forget the other stuff. If I had a choice of my kid being a good, loving, kind-hearted kid that loved and appreciated God, but they were dumb in every other aspect, I can take that. I could take that in a heartbeat because I would rather my kid have integrity respect, discipline, and appreciation for the world than be the smartest person in the entire world because we can teach them anything. But the only thing that matters is wisdom. We need to teach our kids wisdom. And it's not happening in the schools anymore. This is our responsibility. As a parent, I would almost be horrified to send my child, if I was a parent, to send my child to college because you're paying for that indoctrination. You're paying 50 grand a year. When my mother went to school, she paid $8,000 for her entire education, the entire thing. But now you're spending 50 grand a year plus all to be indoctrinated. And then you got to spend $1,000 for a book. This is what this is now. This is all indoctrination. Your kids are better off learning how to work on a car. You guys remember that back in the day when, when we had like, um, you know, they would teach you how to cook in school. They had classes set up to where we could learn basic auto mechanics, not how to rebuild an engine, but at the very least how to change a tire, change the oil in your vehicle and be a little bit more self-reliant. But this is why they have taken those classes out of our school is because if we rely on other people, they can control us. But the moment that we learn how to be self-sufficient, we don't need them anymore. And they know that and they need that control. We discussed this earlier. I had Shemaine Nugent on the show and then about 15 minutes into the show, Ted Nugent pops in for most of the show. So guys, if you didn't catch it, definitely go through and catch it. But they were talking about that um, specifically is about why it's important for us to learn how to be more self-reliant, to be the hunters, to be the gatherers, to, you know, to respect our, our earth, to love our God, to um, educate our own children. Because the moment we do this, the moment that we become the ones that, that lead our children is the moment that the government has no more control. And we used to live in a time where, you know, I thought that the, the Democrats were like the freedom fighters. And boy, was I wrong. Boy, did that turn out to be the exact opposite. But I also grew up in a time where the Republicans were all about less government, less control. Man, that's changed too. 
That has changed in a big way. And this is why it's so important right now that we change the system and we start from the lower um, part of our, of our communities and we work our way up to the federal aspect. We need to be a republic again, and they're trying to remove that from us in every single way. Every day I watch this. I watched old, old Crockney Biden give a speech the other day about how amazing things they're doing for our country and our economy, and they're helping out the middle and the lower class. I don't know what country they're living in, guys, because I don't see that. You know what I see? I see the hard, the money that I work really hard to save every single day just so that I can live, so I can afford to pay my rent, so I can afford to eat, put gas in my car, and my money goes a little bit less and a little bit less every single week, and every one of us are dealing with the same thing, but we are in touch with the world. We're in touch with our neighbors. We're in touch with society. We understand what's going on in real life. This is our reality. And the people that are running our country, I, I, you know, a lot of people say they're out of touch with the world. They're not out of touch with the world. This is manufactured. This is 100% on purpose. They want to control us. They want us to have no choice but to rely on them through education, through um, government, through who protects us and who, and, and not being allowed to protect ourselves anymore. They want to remove every aspect which is why they want to, one of the reasons they want to take away our guns, not just because um, they know that we're likely to rebel. We're the biggest army in the world if you break it down, an armed American citizen. But they also want us to have to rely on other people to protect us. And how, how, often, how often do you call the police and, and get an immediate reaction? No, no, no. There's always a 10-minute time, and that's if they answer the phone. I was reading something the other day that, that blew my mind, and this was a— uh, uh, instance that was taking place an immediate violent and urgent situation and the phone 911 the phone rang and rang and rang he said it took 10 minutes before somebody even answered that phone you know this is why it's important for us to rely on ourselves to take care of our families to protect our families to protect ourselves this is why it's important for us to educate um same thing with the electric vehicle thing why do you think they're pushing this so hard because they can shut your vehicle off if they wanted to. They decide, hey, you don't need to be riding. Boom, they're going to they're gonna turn your vehicle off from some alternate location. Another reason is because if you're living in the mountains of North Carolina, where are you going to go charge your car? They want everyone to have an electric vehicle in order to push us into the cities and create these super cities or, or, or like Hunger Games districts so that we can all rely on the government and not ourselves. Punky, smart cities, exactly. This is why we need... The, 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 bet, the biggest way that we can be disobedient against, our, against these evil, tyrannical government that are running this world right now is to be self-sufficient. Take the power away from them. Because if they can't control you, there's nothing that they can do. Guys, if we learn how to garden, if we learn how to hunt, if we learn how to take care of our children and, and to, to uh, teach our own kids, educate our own children, there's nothing that they can do. They lose that power. They lose that control. And this is what it's all about, which is why they are starting with the kids is because during that first 10 years where a kid is just five years old developing logic, these kids are instinctual completely. But if they can utilize that sponge, that eagerness to learn in a child and destroy them, remove any idea of what values are, what integrity is, and confuse them and indoctrinate them, they have that control because at the very least, the, your, your kids are growing up dumb. 
They're not learning. They're not being educated the way that they should. At the very most, they're being indoctrinated and they're falling into this, this corrupt disillusion of social distraction and which is the downfall ultimately to our society. So this is the point right now is that, you know, pull your kids away. I, you know, there was a time where I was said, send them to the Boy Scouts and send them to the Girl Scouts, but they've even infiltrated those areas because there's nothing, nobody, nobody that has ever been into the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts that have actually learned and gotten all of these badges is ever going to need a government to take care of them because you learn how to sew. You learn how to cook. You learn how to build ropes. You learn how to build traps. You learn how to do everything that you possibly, even down to, to shooting a bow and arrow or a gun. They teach you absolutely everything. And that removes the control away from our government. And that's the last thing they want. Everything that's happening right now, they, you know, I hear so many people every day. They're like, man, these people are so dumb. They're making so many mistakes. And I'm like, no, they're not making any mistakes. They're doing exactly what they want. They want to destroy the entire world. They want everything to fall apart from the economy to the food that we have access to, to absolutely everything. Because the moment that happens, they're going to step up and be like, it, it goes back to the problem, solution, reaction. They create the problem. They come up with the solution and then they react upon it. And what is their reaction or their solution going to be? A new world order. Guys, we've obviously fallen apart. The world can't be self-sustained anymore. So what we need to do is get together and we all need to worship the same God. We all need to worship um, or we all need to follow the same world government. And everyone is controlled by one single source. The United Nations, the um, European Union, these were all stepping stones to what we're walking into right now, which is exactly why we need to learn different traits, different skills, things that we're going to be able to trade. And if we have to, because you know, one day, one day, not too far in the future, they're going to, they're going to bring out that mark of the beast. They're going to bring out that chip. Everything's going to go digital and they're going to be like, well, somebody can steal your card. Somebody can steal your kid. So let's put it inside of you. That way, nobody, you know, if they take your kid, the chip's still there. It's in your hand. It's in your head. But the problem is that you're not going to be able to buy. You're not going to be able to sell. You're not going to be able to rent an apartment. You're not going to be able to do any of the things that we have become accustomed to unless you put your trust and your faith into the government. But our trust and faith goes to one person, and that's the Lord Almighty in heaven because he's always going to take care of us. Christ has our backs. The moment, and I trust me, guys, even me, I know what I'm going to say the moment that they say, hey, you need to take the mark of the beast. Well, they're not going to call it that. They're going to call it a chip, something that's going to make your life easier. They're going to push it as something popularity, you know, gitchy. They're going to get us all on board. But I'm going to say no. I'm going to say screw you. I'm not taking your damn mark. And I know every one of you here are going to say the same thing in your own words. But it's going to be scary. It's not going to be, it's going to be an easy decision because we know where this goes, but it's going to be frightening. But we trust God and God is going to give us every single thing we need. And what do we need? We need each other. We need God. We need food. We need water and we need shelter. God's going to provide every bit of that. As a matter of fact, we may not know where we're going to end up because <clears throat> we're not going to live in the cities anymore because you can't have a house. You can't have a bank account. You can't have a job. We're going to be walking into the woods somewhere. But one day we may find e all of each other and create this beautiful community because we may not know where we're going to set off when that time comes. 
but God knows. And he's going to put it into our heads. He's going to speak to us. He's going to put it into our dreams. God's going to speak to us in whatever way he speaks to us. And we're going to end up in the place that we need to. And we're going to unite with each other. And we're going to become a self-sustained Christian, God-loving community. We're going to help each other build homes. We're going to help each other grow gardens. We're going to help each other do everything that we possibly need with the skills that we have. And this is another beautiful thing. The reason that God gave us each these different skills is because we're going to come together and we're all going to be able to do something which creates the village, the village that raised the children. And Remnant, you said it perfectly, like the Amish. Boy, there was a time that I thought those guys were silly. I was like, man, those guys are silly. You know, what are they doing, man? How would they avoid society? But you know what the truth is? They had it right all along. Those Amish were dead on. They knew what was coming. They understood the importance of of being self-sustained and not relying on a government to take care of them. They were the smart ones, guys. So we need to kind of follow their lead. But fortunately, we know that God is going to lead us to where we need to go. And we're going to come together, guys. We're come, we, just like we come together every single night in this chat and we have these, these conversations with each other and we pray for each other. You know, we're going to come together at that point and God's going to lead us to that point. And I've had many dreams um, throughout my lifetime that didn't make much sense to me, especially before I was Christian, but they make a lot of sense to me now. And tomorrow night when I do Fishers of Men, I'm going to go over some of these dreams that I've had. Um, and a lot of them were what we're walking into right now and what we're going to be here in the future. And I'm going to play a video that I did called My Walk with Daniel, which is another dream that I had that brought a lot of things together of how the Bible connects from the beginning to the end. Old Testament, New Testament come together. They were all talking about Christ. They were talking about Christ before Christ was even born. And that was something that I never recognized before. But after I had the dream and the dream sent me to this scripture and then Jeff, um, my brother in the Bible who came with me and we put this um, information together along with Libin as well. Everything kind of came together and you realize that all of the stuff that we're dealing with right now, even the importance of Christ and Christ appearing in the clouds in our near future, um, were all talked about even back in the original Testament, which is just mind blowing to me. And it just shows you that they always knew. And it just shows you the value of scripture. It shows you the value of that connection with God and with Christ. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing. So guys, I'm going to end this episode with a prayer. And I believe I forgot last night. I got so into the conversation that I can't even remember. I ended up with a prayer because I kind of prayed here and there throughout the show. But I definitely want to make sure that I do it this evening. So please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, oh my goodness, thank you for everything. I just want to start off by saying that I love you. We love you. We love you so much. We are so grateful for everything that you have blessed us with. We're grateful that you had the patience with us during our entire lives to get us to where we are right now today. Even before we knew you, you knew who we were and you intervened in our life and you let us walk the path. That path wasn't always pretty. That path wasn't always easy. But the lessons that we learned and the growth that we had from those lessons made us who we are today. They gave us the armor that you promised us. They gave us the strength in order to fight this battle, dear Lord. Oh my goodness, just to think about the grace and the love that you bring to us every day. We are such imperfect, messy people who have let you down, but you don't care. You still love us. You still have trust in us. You still picked us to be here today so that we can fight this great battle for you, that we can serve you. So dear Lord, I ask that you get into our hearts every day and you let us do everything in your will, not ours. Dear Lord, we make stupid decisions as humans. 
but you don't. You inspire us to greatness. You inspire us to the strength. You inspire us to do the greatest things that this world can ever see. And dear Lord, we're going to get back to that point. Dear Lord, my promise to you is that we are going to fight this war for you down here as your voices, your hands, and your arms, and we're going to win this war. We are going to make this earth, dear Lord, what you had intended it to be. We're going to learn what you tried to teach us in that Bible, dear Lord, and we're going to become exactly the people that you wanted us to be when you created us. But dear Lord, thank you for creating us because we wouldn't be able to have these conversations. Thank you, dear Lord, for the trials and tribulations that have made us stronger and allowed us to walk down this path and be the warriors that you need to be able to take those arrows and those bullets that are sent to us and keep on moving forward. Dear Lord, thank you for lifting me up and every one of us up every time that we fall, which happens daily. And then most of all, dear Lord, thank you for listening to me when I repent for the ultimate sins that I do daily and every one of us do. And thank you for forgiving me over and over and over again, dear Lord. And also thank you for making us all aware of the mistakes that we make so that we can take those steps to be better people. Dear Lord, life would be dumb and boring without you. You are what makes everything great. You are what gives life meaning and you are what makes life worth living on this earth, dear Lord. And I wanna spend the rest of my life repaying you in every way that I possibly can. Not only do I wanna walk that path with you, I wanna be as much like you as possible, dear Lord. So thank you for having patience with all of us so that we can be what you wanted us to be, dear Lord. Thank you for giving this chance. Thank you for writing the script that you wrote so that we can have the skills that you wanted us to so that we could be most efficient in this war, dear Lord. But most of all, dear Lord, I ask that you watch out for the children. You let us know how we can fix this problem. Let's remove the trafficking, dear Lord. Let's remove the indoctrination. Let's remove all the evil that tries to penetrate into the minds of our children every single day, dear Lord. Dear Lord, remove technology. That's what it takes. You are the chance that we have. You have God has destroyed this earth many, many times with floods, with destruction of cities. But the big difference between then and now is your son, Jesus Christ, who came here to give us that one more chance, dear Lord. So dear Lord, let us utilize this chance that you've given us to be the greatest people that we can be, to be your greatest warriors, and eventually to be the greatest angels that you have in heaven. Dear Lord, I thank you in your holy name, Jesus Christ. And our Heavenly Father, I pray. Amen. Everybody, I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening um, for Fishers of Men. Um, unfortunately, I will not be able to play any music for the next couple of nights because I've got to run to work. Um, it's been literally, I work, come and do the shows. I go back to work. I haven't even got much sleep recently, so I'm going to catch up on that. But I will be back tomorrow for Fishers of Men and Friday for Fishers of Men. Um, I will be hosting it to give Scott a little well-deserved break, guys. And he just wanted me to pass on to you to tell you how much he loves you, how much he appreciates you, and how much he he does not like not being able to do the three shows that he does a day. But sometimes even the greatest warriors that we have on this earth need to take a little break, to take a little rest, to catch up on life, to sit back, watch a movie, something just to get away from everything and and just rebuild their energy up again. So Scott will be back Um I think Sunday for Fishers of Men and then Monday, once he gets back in, he'll be doing all three shows again. But once again, I want to thank you all for being so welcoming to me um, in, in the meantime. 
Um, we all want to have these shows going on. And Scott's one of those people that I will do anything for. If he asked me to do something, I'm right there to do it. And especially the show, it's quite an honor to be here with you guys. And once again, I know how awesome it is to listen to Scott. And I'm just thankful that you guys have been so welcoming to me while I'm filming in for him. So guys, I love you. I love you with all of my heart. And I don't mean that just not as words. I sincerely mean that. You all are a family to me. You came in my life when I needed you most because God took the poison out of my life, the poisonous people, and he replaced them with some of the greatest people. And that is each and every one of you. So you have an absolutely wonderful night and God bless. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now We're on the edge of a moment But not a boy that would die But it's light above him We're running to sits down over the hill where the lost got found reaching through somehow oh you're an island when the world is too loud when the seasons change i know the space between us will stay the same resting on this face when your soul ends, this calls far away.
Drifting like the tides Out on the freeway Let it ease my mind We run away sometimes When belonging becomes something to find We always come back to what we know Keep it close on the coldest, darling Counting all the ways Where you are safe place to hide from the rain Right, Bards Nation, have an absolutely beautiful night. I will be back tomorrow for Kilted Christian and then Fishers of Men. Like I said, Scott's just take a nice little break. So please pray for him. A little, little exhausted, a little bit under the weather, losing his voice. And uh, we know we love Scott's voice. So just uh, put out a little extra prayer for him this evening, as I will for all of you. I love you all very much. Have a wonderful night. Get some rest. See you tomorrow night. And God bless. <laughs>